0: And Good morning, and welcome to the Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape, and this morning we're joined by Jane Yorn, the executive director of Safe Passage. And how are you doing this morning, Jane? Hi, Tom. Very well, thank you. And of course, uh, Safe Passage. Uh, you know, we've uh, I've, I've talked to uh, Mary Mangley previously, and uh, talked about the um, some of the things with the pandemic, but uh, the need d- did not go away for uh, Safe Passage, and your uh, serving your six county area. But uh, can you speak to us a little bit about uh, some of the challenges that the organization has faced uh, over these last 15 or, or so months?
1: Certainly, and it has been a challenging time. We, along with everyone else, have had to make a lot of adjustments in how we provide our services. Everything from um, reducing the number of people we can have in shelter and then finding outside places that we could convert into overflow housing for families. Um, How our case managers have started to do a lot of online counseling and supports. And even how we um, accompany people to hospitals and court and, and places like that have really had to be adjusted over the course of this time. And we continue to just keep moving in whatever direction we need to to respond the best that we can for our clients' needs.
0: And of course another challenge that you've had to uh, deal with is uh, fundraising and uh, that's uh, pivoted uh, quite a bit in this time, is it not?
1: Oh, it certainly has. Of course last year we had no in-person fundraising events and this year we've done a couple sort of hybrid types of things. Um, but our community, as everyone who lives here knows, is so incredibly good and generous to us. And when groups like um, Ram Weber Marketplace and their vendors do fundraising efforts for us or for or other organizations within the community, make donations, it has really helped us bridge the gaps that we would have had and would have been significant to us um, otherwise during this time.
0: And of course they had uh, the uh, Ron Weber extravaganza back in June and uh, that was quite the event. You had uh, three different uh, uh, merchants uh, sending portions of their sales towards Safe Passage.
1: That's correct, it was a really fun day. And it also just brings the awareness of our services and all the different things that we offer out into the community. Because still the number one way people hear about Safe Passage is word of mouth. So, when people know that we 're here, they know the kind of support that we can provide for someone who 's living with abuse, then they can tell them how to get help
0: and of course, uh, you know you, uh, as I talked to Mary uh, earlier about this uh, said it 's not just women but also uh, men are uh, are victims of domestic violence as well
1: yes, absolutely and We are seeing an increased number of men who the stigma, I think, is finally starting to to be reduced in that area. And people are feeling more comfortable about reaching out to us. But every service that we provide, we can do for
0: men as well as women. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a timeout, And we'll be back with Jane Yorn with the executive director of Safe Passage right after this. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape, and we're joined this morning by Jane Yorn, the executive director of Safe Passage. And of course, uh, it's not just a Batesville-Ripley County thing. You cover other counties around southeastern Indiana.
1: That's right. We have 1,800 square miles over six counties of southeast Indiana. So Dearborn, Franklin, Ripley, Ohio, Switzerland, and Jefferson.
0: And of course, uh, you have to obviously, I guess, uh, staff those uh, those areas in those uh, satellite offices as well.
1: That's correct. We do have staff on site in four different satellite offices throughout our region. And then we have just teams of people who will go out on site as well as we need to.
0: And of course, uh, I know one thing that uh, Safe Passage has uh, had to deal with is uh, is vehicles and uh, making sure that you have those uh, vehicles that are available to your staff members. So that they can provide the services that are needed,
1: yes, that's correct. We actually have a fleet of six different vehicles that we use for both our advocacy programs as well as all of our prevention work because we're we're out there throughout that six counties area too, providing school and community based violence prevention um, programs and and opportunities
0: and uh, one of the more heartbreaking things i mean it's bad enough with domestic violence, but on top of that you' You have to deal with children as well uh, at the shelter.
1: Yes, and we have had an uptick in the number of children that we have had in shelter over the last few months. Um, Last year with everyone being shut down, it was also hard for families to reach out for help. They they couldn't get a safe way to reach us. So um, we're glad that we're finally opening up a little bit more and we're able to get those resources to the whole family to support
0: and uh would you say is it because of the pandemic or is it uh, maybe a stigma being removed or or what is it a combination of the two that you see that you're tending to see more children at the shelter
1: uh i don't really know i i think that it has just become a much more pervasive issue and um you know, certainly the violence in our society has become more increased. It's more prevalent. And it is certainly the level of violence is just so much higher. So I think the risk, the the actual physical risk, is at a higher level than it's been ever in the 25 years that I've been involved. So I think that makes a parent um, or a provider of child care, perhaps, that might reach out to us more aware that the need for safety is really there for that family and those children.
0: And I think uh, one thing that people forget is that these are reported cases or cases that come forward. There's probably, you know, who knows how many more that are out there.
1: Yes, that is absolutely true. And it's one of the reasons that, while we keep seeing our numbers increase every year, we're actually grateful for that because we know the problem's not going away so we just know that the information and the ability for people to reach us is is growing every year
0: and uh, finally jane uh, some contact information how can folks get a hold of safe passage
1: well, we have a wonderful website, safepassageinc.org, and it will give you resources and ways to get in touch with, with all of our different types of support systems. But also, you can 24-7 call our helpline at 877-733-1990, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A real live person answers that phone and can talk with someone about anything regarding their own situation or to find resources for a family member or friend
0: and once again that uh, 24 hour excuse me 24 hour helpline
1: 877-733-1990
0: and then finally i want to ask you about your background how you got involved with uh, safe passage uh, you said a t- uh, quarter uh, 25 years ago you've been uh, with the organization how did you get involved
1: well, almost. Uh, it was myself and two girlfriends who were just sitting around our kitchen table one morning trying to find help for a friend who was in a violent marriage, and there was nothing in all of Southeast Indiana. So we just determined that we needed to get to work and, and make that change. And so over the course of time, I'd just been a volunteer until about 10 years ago when I, I took on the executive director role and have learned and grown. And it's been just a privilege really to serve and to um, be able to see so many lives changed in that period of time.
0: And once again, your website and the uh, 24-hour helpline.
1: Our helpline, 877-733-1990 and Safe Passage Inc. That's Inc-I-N-C, org.
0: Well, Jane Yorn, thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate it and uh, continued success to you and everybody at Safe Passage.
1: Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the time with you.
0: Once again, our thanks to Jane Yorn from Safe Passage for joining us this morning. Coming up, we'll hear from Carolyn Dickman with the Batesville Area Historical Society. That's up next on The Daily Pod.